Welcome to the Give a Fuck podcast. My name is Ricardo. And I'm Liz. Together, we're exploring how to stay engaged in this highly complex world. And we're looking for answers to questions like how do we and you stay grounded and present instead of feeling overwhelmed or just numbing out? In this episode, we're talking about climate destruction and our roles and feelings surrounding everything to do with that. We recorded it a few weeks ago, and this is a conversation which is obviously just going to keep growing. Let's get started. A letter to the future. Okyokul is the first Icelandic glacier to lose its status as a glacier. In the next 200 years, all our glaciers are expected to follow the same path. This monument is to acknowledge that we know what is happening and what needs to be done. Only you know if we did it. August 2019. Oh wow. That was the plaque to commemorate the Icelandic glacier that mm. lost its status as a glacier. And they put that in place to commemorate it. Mm -hmm. I feel that's like the the topic that's defining our time at the moment because at the same time, so this is August, at the same time there's the huge Big Fridays for Future demos, Extinction Rebellion did takeovers of London, Berlin and different other capitals for a few weeks or longer. Yeah. And um, I think now... So many of us are asking the question of what can we do? How can we be? How can we change? Do we need to change? Yes. Exactly. So I think yeah. it's it's a topic that's gonna. It's crazy to think, but like it, there, there's no solution. You know, we're just raising awareness to it. So it's a topic that we will be present probably every day for the rest of our lives. We're gonna. And how how do you deal with that then without just feeling so overwhelmed? Because sometimes it's like. Oh, you know, like oh, you catch your breath and and you're like, how can, how can I, change something, do something because it just seems so big, and mm -hmm. we're told all the time that the whole way you're living yes. is wrong. Yeah, exactly. That we were the guilty ones, you know, <laughs> like that we should close the tap when we're brushing our teeth, and that's, <laughs> you know, like uh, I think yeah, we were told all these narratives and. I think now finally the game is shifting a bit and we are finding the real responsibles for the climate crisis, which is basically governments and capitalism and the whole system. And big companies, it's big yeah. companies. The, um, I have the list here of the 20 companies that have contributed to 35% of all energy-related carbon dioxide and methane worldwide. This was an investigation that the Guardian newspaper did. And more than 10% of all the world's emissions since 1965 come from four companies. Oh my God. Chevron, mm. BP, Shell and Exxon. Oh wow. So that's... And I mean the, the top 20, there's some state-owned yeah. companies and then there's uh, some private. But I mean Exxon, BP, Shell and Chevron. Mm. So... With all of this big movement happening, that's that's where like how how do you find 
your own role? How do you find what, what you're meant to do? Because I feel like the focus has been on, like, like you say, we need to recycle, you have to do this, stop doing this, stop doing that. And this idea that we're all hypocrites. Yes. I don't know, how, how do you feel about that? Have you changed something? Yeah, I think, uh, of course, like, I think this was a topic that always was always present somehow because I feel I follow people and I have people in my circle that care, always cared about it. But I think yeah, in the in the last few months, especially like is a topic that came to, you know, like to the main stage and you cannot ignore it anymore. So, um of course, I'm trying to attend this as, as much as I can Fridays for Future because I think that's the biggest thing that we can do is like to help support this, um, all this activism, you know, and people who are giving their lives to like try to change things and help putting pressure on governments and companies and showing the voice of the new generation. So, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things that we can do along with... Um, yeah, trying to change some habits, you know, like uh, with flying and uh, eating, you know, like like a lot is being said about eating meat. You know, the meat, meat culture is one of the main responsibles also for what's happening. But also, um, it's not only uh, substituting meat, you know, have to see what you're substituting. For, for example, soy is also not necessarily... Um, a great hero you know like to save you from eating meat so i have to kind of i think we're all needing to get into more education about it uh to see yeah what can we change yeah and to, to have awareness to also get out of this this feeling of power powerlessness because i know i don't i don't remember exactly when it was when those pictures were coming around of the amazon burning yeah and it just I, I just looked at them and I, I was crying because you just think how how are we living in a world at the moment that is able to create images yeah. like that yeah exactly if, if you've been in a rainforest even for one hour it's it's this incredible sanctuary of life of animals of just this lushness yeah. and and then to to burn it for for what and i know in brazil this this is happening all all over the place and you'll you'll know better than me what's yeah, uh, yeah. what's what's going on and it's just how, how, how have we reached a place where even knowing what we know even with the fact that i mean fossil fuels are finite so so companies know that this isn't like a long-term strategy they're not creating profits for their grandchildren for their for their families afterwards i mean maybe their grandchildren but not their grand-grandchildren you know yeah. like this isn't their their profits for 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 many lifetimes but still still there's this there's this destruction of what we have and what what we live with for for the search for what I mean, just mm -hmm. this this short term profit. I mean, yeah, it's, exactly. It's so and it's so hard. I feel as an as an individual within that. Yeah. To know what we're meant to do because I recycle and I I'm I'm really trying to make changes mm -hmm. and especially with flying to really fly yeah. less, and it just feels I know I know it's always the case that as an individual you always feel like well my action doesn't count so much but then of many millions and billions of people 
make the same changes, then it causes a revolution. At the same time, I also feel as though we've been taught this lie that it's an individual responsibility mm-hmm. and it's on you. And if you don't start recycling and if you don't stop drinking plastic water yeah. bottles, which I don't deny, no, we should course, all stop. Course, course, we should we, all stop. We can do our part, but yeah. at the same time, why are these companies not being yeah. held to account? Yeah. Why are governments not stepping up and going? We're yeah, gonna it's actually the this? opposite. That's you know, like uh, the U.S. is just like uh, getting out of the Paris Agreement. You know, like even though yeah. there's like this the, recently, like eleven thousand scientists writes mani- this manifesto. You know, like telling people like to like we're really in a crisis. You know, and we have all these activists, and um, that was yeah, a great part of it. Already existed before Greta, you know, Thunberg, but it came to the, to the also main stage now, and yeah, like uh, it's crazy that they respond, you know, the response from the the governments and the companies has been just more like denial or pretending nothing is happening. Or of course you have like uh, companies like uh, creating some <laughs> brand activations and marketing based on that as well, but it's. Definitely not enough um, response uh, yet coming from the market. I have one data here that actually uh, happened in Brazil this week. That was actually good. Um, that they're trying to... There was this market response uh, that the areas of petrol, uh, oil exploration, you know, known as Presal, that's in the coast of Rio de Janeiro uh, in Bahia, uh, they were trying to sell uh, those areas for like uh, external companies in uh, other countries and they wanted to sell like four areas and they were super confident that they would sell that and they actually just sold two, like half of it and there were some I, I, some people saying like that it's believed that the current environment environmental awareness is perhaps already affecting investors because um, maybe they're slowly getting more keen to invest in sustainable initiatives on the long term. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So they, they, they were oil fields or they are oil fields or what? Yeah, it's in, like, in, it's, it, like in, it's on the, like the ocean, you know, like, okay. so it's, it's ah, okay, so quite could, huge could... reserves of oil. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and they, they just couldn't find buyers for it? Yeah, exactly. Like uh, one of the... The pieces was like uh, bought by the Brazilian company Petrobras and another one by Chinese investors. So, yeah, it, w- it was just one perspective, you know, like that uh, I read saying like maybe this is already like a kind of market response because long term investors want to invest in electric cars and things that are moving us forward and not in the old black gold as they used to call you know, like mm. oil because we are. F- Finally, trying to find ways to to go beyond that and not, yeah. Which that kind of thing would would be great because I, I feel as though there's a lot of companies paying lip service to um, climate goals. There's also a lot of companies who are really trying to change something. Mm. There's a lot of different initiatives, but uh, that kind of thing is is also definitely as positive as like the big investors yeah. are starting to. To see it, yeah. because I mean they've they've known for so long, um, so I don't know if you saw the video of Alexandro Ocasio Cortez. 
the U.S. senator who's uh, she's she's twenty eight I think and mm. she's uh, she's from New York, and she's really great at doing hearings that are that are easy to understand where oh, she cool. takes takes powerful people to task, and she did a hearing with an Exxon scientist where they discussed a graph from 1982 mm-hmm. showing the, um, the forecast for the environmental impact of fossil fuels. Okay. So from 1982, and it predicted exactly what's happening oh, now. Oh, wow. And they think, so there's, uh, there's also an, an environmental impact institute, or I think they're called the Climate Accountability Institute, and they have researched this and stated that the environmental impact of fossil fuels has been known by companies since 1965. Oh my God. So, you know, it's, it's like with tobacco, yeah. where the companies knew for ages that it killed people yeah. and were just like, get the profit, get the profit, get yeah, the profit. Yeah. They won't have access to this information, so we can just deny it, you know, nobody's going to... Know about it and then internet can't. <laughs> yeah, but to have known about it from 1965 and then to have these detailed graphs from 1982 mm. and to still have gone, we know that we're leading to destruction, yeah. but we're going to keep going. Yeah. And we've created a world where we're also dependent on it and it's all about growth and increasing and uh, uh, all, all the rest of it, trying to, trying to consume more energy in that way. Yeah. Yeah, and we've all created this lifestyle whereby we depend on on these big companies and we depend on fossil fuels and the reserves, you know, so so, so it's worked, the lies worked. We're living this life, we're consuming yeah. these products, yeah. these 20 companies that have been exploiting oil, gas and coal reserves and are responsible for more than one third of all the greenhouse gas emissions, you know, we, we've bought into that. Yeah. And at the same time, we've taken on this, this idea that you're responsible, we're responsible, you know. It's, yeah. because, it's because you have that plastic bag or you're using that plastic bottle. Yeah, exactly. You know? And the, um, I don't know if you know George Monbiot, he's a British climate activist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's... He's been writing about this and active on this for decades. And he's said recently, really, the two things that you can do as an individual that will really make a change mm-hmm. is eat less meat mm-hmm. and fly less. Apart from that, it's, it's not going to create big changes. Mm-hmm. So eat less meat, fly less, that will make a big change. And the rest is good, but it's not going to create these changes that we need. That's amazing. Like it's it's great to see all these companies that are actually using the moment, the momentum, and uh, creating all these products, you know, with uh, like um, like burgers with no meat and stuff, and that's getting quite popular lately. Uh, also, it's not that it's gonna be healthy, you know. Like you don't sometimes like you're just substituting, but you're putting something that's not healthy in your body just to feel the taste of a fake meat or something. But still, like, it's good that there are new initiatives, you know, like, that will cause an impact. I feel that I, I also heard, like, from a friend of mine, she's quite uh, into this topic of flying. 
she she doesn't basically doesn't fly anymore. She also, of course, just circulates here inside of Europe. But she was explaining that sometimes, actually, depending on where you're going, sometimes it can be less harmful to fly rather than take a train. But it's like a very yeah. complex calculation, you know. So I think we're also lacking tools to kind of help us understand all these scenarios and possibilities, you know. Like there should be an app, maybe there it exists already, I don't know. An app where you can see like, okay, what's the best way for me to get to this place on this date, you know, and then this, this app will show like what uh, harms less the, the environment, something like that. Yeah, definitely. That, that, that would be way forward. And also, I think we're going to have to accept that our lifestyles are going to change as mm -hmm. well, that it's sure. not going to be this permanent expansion. Saying that, I think there's also some very practical solutions there's mm -hmm. also you know so we, we've already said being in a in a movement so really going out there and protesting so that companies start seeing it and if this is the case that for example in brazil they couldn't find buyers because of this worldwide pressure that's that's starting to to happen then you can see it starting to become yeah, exactly. effective and it's not going away it wasn't one school strike it wasn't yeah, two. No. it's really getting bigger and bigger and bigger um, so that's that's one way. But then um, there was this um, finding from scientists in the Etihad Zurich that said that planting billions of trees across the world is the biggest and cheapest way of taking CO2 out yeah, of the atmosphere. That's amazing. And they identified areas in the world that can be planted yeah. with really, I mean, it's going to be billions of trees, but that's a positive yeah way. that's at least a practical thing i remember when this news uh, came out i was like oh my god there's hope you know like the trees are gonna save us and i think that also caused a huge impact because uh, recently companies started donating also you know like be it marketing be it you know having a background it doesn't matter at least it's being done you know mm -hmm. there's 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 things being done in favor of the planet so um there are also like this um, this search engine, uh, which is like an alternative to Google, which is Ecosia. It's also a company that's like privately held. It's not a company that wants to open to investors and stuff. And they're quite nice initiative um, that aims to plant one tree for every fi 45 searches that you do online. So, you know, like how many times we use Google every day and... I think it's quite nice to ha incorporate more and more these attitudes into tools that we kind of use and, and like initiatives like that that can use the money from advertisement and shift that towards a good cause. You know, I think we're going to see more and more of that. Of course, it's called purpose-driven capitalism, but it's a beginning to change things somehow. You know, I'll least. take purpose-driven capitalism <laughs> over, over old-school <laughs> capitalism any day. <laughs> There's also another um, group that's doing incredible work. They're called Tree Sisters. Mm -hmm. And it was launched by a woman called Claire Dubois. And they plan to, um, or they are planting, I think they've planted 2 million trees already. And they plan to plant a million trees or 2 million trees every single year. 
and you can sponsor them, you can support them. They support communities on the ground. They just started working as well with Amazon, uh, people, people living in the Amazon, but it's all over the world. They're working with indigenous communities, um, replanting trees. And what I also really like about the, the approach is that they're also talking about reconnecting to the feminine principle and really bringing the fem feminine principle back. Mm. And that's not connected to gender as such, but it's the feminine principle that comes with relationship and connection and the fact that this has only been able to be created because we've lost connection. We've mm. lost connection with the earth. We've lost connection with everything around us. And that's how we're able to create images like the one in the, in the Amazon where this incredible rainforest is being burnt down for the pursuit of profit. Yeah. And we have to bring back this connection because that's what's, what's led us to this, this space here. Yeah, so, totally. That's the real mm. abundance, you know, like that nature is giving everything to us. So like we, uh, we need to, I think there's also like a lot of new projects trying to hack nature, but in a very good way, like syntropic farming. That's uh, basically trying to create the best scenario possible of like putting a lot of species of plants and trees together so they can cooperate with one another and make it grow faster and make the, the, the solo more fertile, you know, like, so I think uh, we have so much data nowadays that it's so cool to see that being used also in favor of nature and not like that sometimes maybe we used to think and, and that technology would serve only to destroy nature, you know, like, no, I think there's a lot of good, amazing people thinking towards putting technology and the well-being of nature of the planet or the planet, like, uh, in the same page, like, it's really cool. Yeah, the, the, so centropic farming then is, I guess, the opposite of all these monocultures that have been created, exactly. you see in Scotland, where it's like, one tree is planted for, for miles and miles. And it's it's really trying to create that diversity. Where, yeah, it's where, trying where to create. Working. Like I'm not an expert on it. I just heard because a friend of mine uh, went to a kind of workshop in Brazil. Like apparently it's being developed in uh, in Bahia, I think, in Brazil uh, quite a lot. So uh, she went to a workshop and they learn how to like kind of calculate and and organize. You know the way to plant a little forest or something. Mm. You know, so. And probably this is also part of the connection, is also connecting back to people who've lived on the land for centuries. So probably what we're calling centropic farming is what indigenous people have done for forever, because yeah, they exactly, knew that that's exactly. that how it worked. So we can combine this new scientific knowledge that we have, but with really talking to people who know the land. Yeah. And I don't just mean indigenous tribes, but also here in Germany, people who know the land, who know uh, what, what are the fruits that are in season now. Mm -hmm. Can we go to a local farm? Can we try to eat that which is produced now? Are we too caught up in having the availability of all, all kinds of food, this abundance that we live in, that's shipped across the world? Yeah. You know, can, can, can we just try and connect with those rhythms so I feel yeah. like maybe we can get away from this 
guilt that's put on on us with the the whole um, climate destruction. It's your fault. Yeah, exactly. You, Ricardo, didn't recycle enough, and you're like, yeah. and maybe change that to our power as consumers because mm-hmm. we have this power as yeah, a consumer, exactly. and we have the possibility to make choices not out of guilt, but because we actually want to create something. So we have the choice to say, well, maybe I'll I'll go to a little bit more effort and I'll try and support yeah. one of these businesses that's really trying to make a change yeah. or I'll support somebody who's producing something locally on a small scale and get away from the big companies and the big production Chain. cycles. Yeah. So totally. that's... Uh, that's one way. So we'll we'll keep demonstrating, going out onto the streets. Yes, and exactly. And researching more, you know, I think every day probably there's a thousand new initiatives coming up and all the people getting together and creating communities to help out. So also like whoever uh, is listening and would like to contribute and share with us a good initiative, we are super happy to to help spreading the word. Um so yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's work on creating awareness because I feel like the more you know, the harder it is to just act yeah. very blindly. Like the more, the more you're just called to work more on connecting and trying to create changes with that. to get your opinion about this where do you stand on the whole debate about climate change or climate destruction what do you feel that you can do what we can do how we can meet collectively if you check the description of the podcast uh, some of the organizations who we give a fuck about were also mentioned during our discussion for example, Tree Sisters or Extinction Rebellion. And there's also links to the studies that we spoke about. You can find that all in the podcast description. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, also, also let us know if you have any feedback. And yeah, see you next time. <laughs> see you next time. Bye.